Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to what was formerly known as the Carson's Corner Podcast, but is now known as the Donuts Dude Podcast. Uh, decided to change it up and uh, create something new. Um, please enjoy this absolute dumpster fire of an episode titled uh, Episode 1.5. Yes, I said 1.5. We tried to record our first episode last week. Didn't turn out so great. So uh, here's uh, to our half attempt again to try to see what we can do with this podcast uh to all those carson corner listeners that came back appreciate it hope you enjoy donuts dudes and to all those new listeners coming in hope you guys enjoy welcome ladies and gentlemen to the donuts dudes podcast i'm your host carson also co-hosted with my name is brayden one of the co-hosts and also co-hosted by and i'm ryan the final co-host of the donut dudes and this is episode one of the podcast well technically actually one and a half um <laughs> we tried last week and uh really didn't work out that well did it I, I can get better so uh of course you can probably well no it's audio i am currently with carson together in his good old newport home well i'm from louisiana and if you pay attention to the weather at all, a little tropical storm named Cristobal decided to uh, wreck our shit, uh, for lack of better terms, last weekend. And um, we had a lot of technical issues. Yeah, a lot. Well, it also didn't help like when we first started recording it, like for some reason it wanted to cut off at the 30-minute mark. So then when we tried to redo it on Ryan or Ryan's, um, he was having really bad audio problems and bad like connection problems because of the storm. And so it, all in all, like when we were done with it, I was trying to look for the first audio file and I couldn't find it. And then the second audio file, there was a lot of like really bad chatter from him. So uh, decided that we were going to scrap that completely and, and start from the beginning. So this is technically 1.5 if we want to be, if we're going to be honest here. So, I mean, it's a start, and especially during this, during you know, COVID right now and in the lockdown, it's a it's a learning process. Um, and uh, you know, you kind of why we started this was this this is one of the easiest ways, uh, to create any sort of content during a during a pandemic like this or when you know nobody can be around each other really and and people you know are are afraid about um you know the the disease that's around the world right now so uh. We all decided that we wanted to do this easiest way to create content. And for me, I hope to see this uh, podcast uh, really um, take off uh, talking about our own lives, talking about um, fitness, because that's something that we're all into. Um, uh, talk about, you know, mental state uh, in life, especially right now. I think it's very important conversation that that not many people are talking about is is mentally how to, how to deal with a lot of stress like this. And then, uh, you know, ultimately just, you know, having a fun time and just sitting down with my best friends and talk about life and uh, drink beer and uh, have a conversation. So that, that's where I see this going. Um, just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, where each of us want to see this go in the first episode as a way to kind of break down uh, the plan that we have. What, what about you, Braden? Oh, uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I agree with all that. I think, you know, I've never done anything like this. I mean, I have an Instagram you know twitter or whatever but don't even really post much kind of a kind of a quiet guy but 
I think it's interesting to be able to just have a conversation and uh, put out some of the things we talk about. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to learning what you guys have to say, you know, saying some stuff that's on my mind and uh, looking forward to getting into social media a little bit more, you know. Yeah, so, definitely. And, and the got a lot of stuff to talk about between yeah. the three of us, you know, three different backgrounds, three different, you know, upbringings from three different areas. And now we're all thrown into the same place together. So we've got a lot of old stories that, you know, we might not know, but then a lot of new stories that we all, we all have experienced together. So it's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Ryan? I guess what I look for is this is my first time doing anything cooperative when it comes to social media and having <laughs> a platform because they know it. You don't. Um, I went TikTok viral once. Definitely went to my head. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yes. Can definitely, can confirm. <laughs> can confirm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I can, I was able to, when I do it actively, I don't do it right now actively because uh, taking a TikTok and trying to get views is actually a lot of work and more than you think. And, you know, putting in that effort is something I just don't have the time to do right now, among other things. So this is honestly, we do this, you know, once a week. We have time to put down for a few hours or two. It's not something I have to do every day and constantly churn out shit, trying to hope one thing just blows up. Yeah. Which is an entirely different concept because podcasts, we take our time. We develop as we go on. TikTok, it's what's going to make me go viral? Yeah. Well, and honestly, when you, when you look at different things, uh, with content creation, you know, if, if you look at the social media worlds, it's all of that like instant gratification. And honestly, like you can, you can create such a large following within a matter of, you know, for some people months, uh, for some people it could just be a matter of, of one post or one video and, and they go absolutely viral. But when it comes to like the more creative side of content creation, um, like podcasts and YouTube channels, it, it definitely takes a while to, to create a following and to create a sense of community. Because honestly, when you think about it, you know, anybody can watch a, a viral video that's going around that week, right? Anybody can. But really, when you listen to podcasts or, or you watch YouTube videos, like you start, you start developing the sense of like, um, of uh, not ownership, but, but you want to see it grow. You, you want to continuously see where where it can evolve and change, you know, like a lot of the YouTubers that I watched several years ago, I continue to watch them today. And, and they're not the same creators that they were two years ago. And, and they've definitely changed and evolved in a, in, in a very great way. And, and I've enjoyed watching it, especially creativity wise, you know, me, I'm a, I like visual creation, content creation. And then, you know, I enjoy podcasts because it's pretty, it's pretty easy, pretty fun. And you can, you can be very creative with, uh, with the kind of podcasts you want to. So no, I agree with you, man. That, that is definitely TikTok is definitely a hard thing to, to get famous on. Well, cause it took off once back in March and you know, I think the video now sits at 273,000 views. Here, I'll, I'll pull that up to confirm. And I think within the span of two weeks, I had another like brand new 4,500 followers. That's actually quite a lot. Yeah, no, that was a solid, like, nice starting following. However, we have yet to achieve anything on that level. Yeah, but but again, it's like um because it's such a 
such a fast paced app and especially with like the constant growing going on right now oh, yeah you're looking at my channel right now look how many of those don't even hit a thousand views now yeah like this one has like that one has a thousand two thousand oh it's pretty good 22 22 that one was solid but actually actually while we're talking here why don't you throw your uh plug your tiktok actually i'm gonna plug to... it while we're at it well go ahead man it's of course my name ryan Passauer, r-y-n-e-p-a-s-s-a-u-e-r and as my bio says I'm either expressing extreme patriotism and having fun with the Second Amendment gun nuts, or I'm talking about my failures in love life. Yeah. Usually. Okay, here. However, we tend to have a variety of what I do. Here, I just pulled up uh, the TikTok that he's talking about. Um, it's got 266,000 views on it. And then the likes, it's got over 52,000 likes on it. It's actually very, very blown up video especially if you look at the rest of your videos like your average is like 800 so for that to get over two like 260,000 well watching it develop too was something because I at that point getting 2,000 views to me was something weird and you know I was gaming that night with my boys and I my friend te she texted me she's like hey go look at your video it's like what what's your video it's like what? She's like two thousand views. I was like, oh dang! And she pulled, she pushed straight in the comments, like, oh, this kind of blowing up. Yeah. And then you know, I go to bed. I'm like, guy, right? We'll see what happens in the morning. I wake up in the morning. It's at twelve thousand views, and I'm like, wait, did I actually do something? You're like, well, hold on, this. I'm very uncomfortable with the with the. No, 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 no that one sucked. I am very <laughs> uncomfortable with the energy we've created in this room right now. <laughs> now you know, day keeps going on. By the time I hit noon, it's at thirty thousand. I was like. Wait a minute! I actually did something, and you know it's a different sort of gratification because yeah, I think that video carried on to like enough for you pages on TikTok for about a solid month, racking in new followers before it finally it rode its wave. Yeah, and you know it, it is definitely it, it's interesting to see all the different types of social medias because you know TikTok is 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 a lot like Vine in the sense it's more of the visual creation of content for entertainment in a short amount of time. So it's like for people to constantly be blown up on TikTok and to constantly have very successful videos after video, it, I, me as a visual creator, I've, I'd see that and, and I understand the work and the value put into that versus like on Instagram or, or Facebook or Twitter. Well, Facebook is very irrelevant in, in the social media um, scene for like, you know, top, um influencers but definitely for like instagram and twitter it's it's very it's very much of a of a kind of a, a one-time hit or, or multiple time hit but unlike tiktok where you have like to be there all the time twitter is different though in its aspect because you know instagram truly carries that influencer model and things you recognize mm -hmm. twitter i don't think you make a career out of that like the only thing you recognize on twitter is those accounts that you you couldn't really call them a meme account but when they tweet about something you better believe there's going to be thousands, hundreds of thousands of people retweeting whatever the hell they put out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still make a living off of Twitter in a marketing aspect. I mean, supposedly, I mean, the, the, the one guy who I follow on Twitter, um, who I, I enjoy his Twitter is Gary V and Gary V man. He, if you guys don't know who he is, you need to go look him up. They, for me to explain who he is, it, 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 it'll take, it'll take value away from, from what he's done, but he is definitely like, so I'm a, I'm a marketing major in college right now. Right. And the person who I look at as like very successful in the marketing world is Gary Vee. And 
and the company he has. So he he really makes a living off of Twitter in the sense of he plugs all these different companies or he talks about all these different people and he retweets and and he's very he's very aggressive no not aggressive he's very vocal on Twitter. He's always tweeting. In fact, I think that's I think that's his number one um social media like platform and then I think TikTok's above him actually. He was the one who who was pushing TikTok back back when it first like started blowing up back in like November and October, or at least for when I started following him back in October, November, he was he was preaching TikTok. And for him, he blew up. He was one of the original guys to blow up on TikTok, you know? But again, you know, he's had 20 years in the marketing world to be able to develop a brand and to publish it like that, you know? Huh. It's just interesting, you know, seeing content creation and um and, and I feel like Braden, I feel like you you don't even know what to say in this because because well no honestly because it's like you're you're not a very you're, you're not into content creation and you're not very big into right. that world you know no for sure i mean i i definitely consume a lot of content i'd say um you know i like to watch youtube and i of course have like instagram twitter uh, you know facebook all that but yeah i haven't really taken an interest interest until very recently until you know getting involved in some of the stuff that you've started you know such as the podcast and starting up our instagram um and so but i'm interested to get into it more i mean definitely i'd like to get a camera uh, i think i think taking pictures is something that is really overlooked i think people take for granted the work that it takes to you know to set up good um places to take pictures you know all the work that goes into editing them and all that and yeah. um, even even though it's not really my thing I mean you can still gain an appreciation for it and it, you know it's the same thing when you look at YouTube because a lot of people will say oh how's he making millions of dollars on YouTube all he does is sit in front of a camera and and play video games you know it's like you look at the biggest YouTubers and it seems like oh, like all they do is play video games. But, you know, there's so much more that goes into it that people don't really, you know, people just take it for granted. But, you know, it's definitely yeah. interesting. No, I agree with that. And, and I feel like late, lately now, like during, during the whole pandemic, um, you've seen a lot of people get involved in content creation because now they have all this time on their hands and, and they're trying to find an outlet now that they're not busy all the time, they're trying to find an outlet to, to get out of that. But, you know, going back to like what you said, you know, people get into it, but they don't realize like all the extra added stuff behind it, you know, because like I said, it's that instant gratification where it's like they, they see it, whatever content that you put out of face value and they're like, well, I could do that too. Um, you know, a little bit as a hater, but a little bit as a, well, I mean, that seems easy enough. But then once, once you actually delve into it, it's content creation is, is very hard. And, um, do you think actually now, as I'm talking about this, do you think that, you know, your, your interest now in content creation and getting more into it has peaked more now because of the pandemic and quarantine and you've had like less, a less busy schedule and less stress with school? Or, or do you think that it's irregardless, like now, because you've been around people who are into content creation, you're just naturally getting that bug being around them? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a mixture of both. I think, 
when I'm at school, um, I'm pretty much only focused on school and, you know, school and trying to stay fit for, for the stuff that we do. But, you know, now that I'm, now that I'm home, I do have a lot more time to think about that kind of stuff. And I think another thing too, that's driving a lot of people to start up podcasts, you know, start YouTube channels, Instagrams, whatever, um, is that, you know, in the last few months, we haven't been able to be at school and socialize, you know, I mean, a lot of people will do both. They will socialize in person and on the internet and yeah. they thrive yeah. off both. And I'm more of a person that I'm usually fine with just socializing in person. You know what I mean? Other than that, I don't really need to, I don't have the feeling that I need to express myself too much on social media. I don't have to make posts every other day or whatever, but I think now, um, you know, since it's so much harder to connect with your friends, uh, I think that's also driving a lot of people. And, you know, I think it drives me too. I mean, it's definitely nice to, you know, be able to do this over Zoom, you know, even though I'm at my house in Western PA, you guys are over there in Rhode Island. I mean, you know, instead of, instead of hanging out in person, you know, we can still do it over Zoom. So yeah, I think that's another great thing, you know, and a lot of, that's a reason that this whole pandemic is also fostering a lot of content creation. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it's, it's very healthy for, for a person to, uh, to find an outlet during the pandemic right now. It, it's, a, it's a great way for them to take all sort of energy and stress that they have and put it into something very productive and, you know, stuff that, uh, that definitely um, makes, makes the mind shoot off the neurons and stuff or whatever what is it called serotonin or something like that uh serotonin is like that happiness or whatever they yeah yeah the happiness yep. the happiness drug whatever it is something to create you know stimulus in the brain you know right now um but you know kind of shifting gears what, what about you ron i know for you man it's like you do content creation on on tiktok right and you're trying to well when i'm active on it right now we're on a hiatus so we've done other things like work and make physical money yeah <laughs> yeah it's all about that money man you know but let me say for you though like where you know obviously you you have some sort of creative bug but but where do you find your you want to create content and is it in the visuals media is it in like the, the the social media of like instagram game twitter game like what's what's your hustle oh, i don't i don't fool with that instant Instagram, it's for the friends. Yeah. Go look at stuff. The last post I made was about spring break. It's Instagram's the new Facebook for our generation. Basically. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter. I just go look at certain news and stuff like track and NASCAR or Formula One or whatever the hell drivers are arguing about, like Corey LaJoy and Denny Hamlin right now. Yes. Dude, that but, just went over so many people's head right now. You know, who have okay. no clue anything about NASCAR. It's okay. It's I, okay. I understood you that. Understand that. I understood that. But I'm saying Brayden's kind of like looking at us like, what you the know, hell are you You know, but we'll explain it after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but I guess the itch bug TikTok, I was like, because I probably downloaded it in December. I started, you know, getting the stuff that you would expect to pop up my feed. You know, it's these military guys. It's these jokes. It's you know, TikTok boots, all that. Yeah. Yes, the TikTok boots. We all know them and love them. Yeah. But if, if you find an officer on TikTok, it's actually a, a TikTok loafer. That's the, uh, that's the officer version of a boot is a loafer. Oh, uh, yes. I've heard the term. Yeah. Luckily, I am neither. <laughs> I don't post in You're even worse. Right? 
You're even worse because you're a cadet. So. Okay, no, here, here's the difference says, between me says the and biggest the, boot talking right here, now. Here's you think I'm a boot? Between, yes. Bro, I wasn't you're, the one you're who's the been, biggest boot. You're the biggest boot out of all of us. Oh, you're the one. Hold on, hold on. Hold I'm, not on. The one who, I'm not the one who went to a senior military college and then went to Bryant. You're Is a boot, the guy who wanted to transfer to West Point? All right, all right. That's a I'm whole just, other – that's I'm a podcast. Saying, I, I, a I, chose, podcast. I chose right is what I'm saying. No, you know? I mean, I agree. All right, now that we're done calling him a boot. <laughs> moving back to the – there's anything uh, wrong with the senior military colleges, but you want to talk about being a boot. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'll agree with that, dude. No. Any any freshman at a at a military college side 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 note right now, any freshman at any military college is the biggest boot I know. Big bigger than a boot out of basic because they actually have a little bit of skin in the game. Any dude who's a freshman at a military college, West Point, VMI, Norwich Citadel, it doesn't matter. Biggest boots I know because they that was are, almost me. They are close. Dude, they are more extremely motivated than anybody you've ever met. They they want to f- they show it all the time. They buy a uniform colored backpack and wear it everywhere with the clip on the front clipped, as if they're like a you know a fifth grader going to school. Biggest boots. That's just a quick side note. Little rant. Continue, Ryan. All right. Seems so. like you speak from experience, then. No, I was never that boot. You forget right. he's a brat. He, right. he know he do better. I have the I have the mentality in the heart of an E4 mafia dude. Come okay. on. So back to why I'm not as bad as them. It's like for one, I have never posted anything in uniform. Not once. The one time I did, it was private for myself to laugh at. <laughs> I want to see this. Exactly. It has only been seen by me. You'll see it another time. <laughs> so I'm not a dumbass who goes and shows off his uniform on TikTok. That's stupid. Yeah. And you're trying to use that uniform for clout, which is stupid. That, it's fucking dumb. Stupid. Like, there's no point. Come up with something original like myself where... You know, okay, like you've seen it. I have a TikTok character. Yeah. Who is a complete dumbass. Yeah, yeah. No, for real. And and it's but it's more organic when you don't have that sort of clout because naturally people are always gravitate towards the military, especially like you see it on Instagram. You have these military photographers who live around bases and do do family pictures or do weddings and stuff for military people, but those things like blow up all the time. You know, it's. So then are, are you more like that quick, quick, like, um, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 seconds of I, quick stimulus I tend, visualization? I tend to keep it to the quicker side because making that 60 minute stuff isn't good for views, period. But you know, occasionally want to go over like the one where we, the one that involves a story time about you, that yeah. was definitely a little bit longer. Yeah, that's a good one though. Or, you know, I've had a few memory videos made for people's birthdays or just remembering the college days. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Fucking Rona. (laughs) But, you know, I focus more on... If you've watched it enough, there's at least one reoccurring character who is infamous for his Oakleys, a camo hat, and the American bandana over his face. Yeah. Making quite a few appearances. Yeah. Some people encourage me to continue said character. Others are like, please stop and just use your actual face. I do whatever I want when I'm in the mood or what I think better suits. Or if I look like a complete idiot. Like, I have used equipment before in videos for shits and giggles. Yeah. But 
you know, it's usually in the term of comedy. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think you could ever see yourself then creating long content on like YouTube channels? That's the whole different ball game. Because you got to put, look, the thing about TikTok is about going viral is you put in enough cheap ass, quick ass videos, 15 to 20 seconds long. Eventually, for some people, that iron's going to strike hot. You're going to get lucky and it's either going to catapult you or you'll go viral once. Yeah. I fall in the second half right now. But it's a different <laughs> ball game. The way you compare everything is Instagram. You kind of got to build up unless you're one of those jackasses who bought one of those accounts that had so many followers from doing their own thing. <laughs> Twitter, that's all organic, basically. You got to get retweets by being funny and stuff and acknowledging that you want whoever the hell you want following you. Yeah. YouTube, whole different ballgame for the most part, not counting celebrities. Most people have built that stuff organically over years and they've now gotten to where they've gotten. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. Twitter... For me, Twitter is definitely a hard, a hard game to get into, you know, because I, I view everything as, as a game and, and a hustle, right? Being a content creator, I always are, I'm always trying to find like the next um, platform in which I can create content on. And, and Twitter is a very hard platform for me um, to kind of get into. Like I have, I go on Twitter, I read stuff. I like stuff. I retweet things here and there. But really, if you look at like my organic content of stuff that I've posted on Twitter, it's very minimal. And, and it's just, I don't know if it's, it's just not my realm of content creation, you know? Um, a lot of people can get really good threads and, and really good uh, really good moments on Twitter where they get some good amount of retweets. Like the most retweets I've ever had, I think is 12. <laughs> like I think if that, and that was like when I was in high school. I don't usually comment on Twitter. I think it was like when I first made it because I made it in the last summer last year. Yeah. I think it was back when, was it John Stewart who was fighting congressman over the 9-11 medical bill and extending that benefits when that was a whole shebang last summer? Yeah, I believe so. I, th I, th I think it was him as, as well as a couple other guys involved with it, think but he was, I, the, he was the loudest in that. It was either a retweet or I commented on it along the lines of, I, I think it was a retweet and I put over the thing, it's like, you know you done fucked up when Barstool's calling you out on your shit. Yeah. Because we all know Barstool, giant media company, they usually don't get political on the blog post and shit unless it's something like Zero Blog 30 where it just comes naturally. Yeah. But when you got the authors coming out of the wazoo to literally attack you, you done fucked up. Yeah. It tw Twitter is definitely a hard median for me, at least in content creation. I mean, the 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 two well now three the ones that i really value and the ones that i really like and um is instagram youtube and podcasting my you know my instagram like i'm not saying i have a, I have a gigantic instagram but the amount of interaction i have on instagram is a lot easier and, and and more so than than on twitter for me anyways um you know it's just it's just so interesting to see all like content creation now um compared to if you looked at it like two or three years ago you know it, go back five years ago you would have never seen um the amount of work that people put into content creation as their main job now you know there there's plenty of people who are doing full-time um instagram marketing work or any sort of social media marketing work um same thing with youtubers like some people like 
have their entire career now on YouTube. Um, uh, and po- pe- shoot half the podcasts I listen to. That's how, that's how they make their living. It's just podcasting and podcasting has become so huge in the last two years that, cause it's, it's easily, it's one of the easiest, it's one of the easiest um, platforms to create content on because it's a matter of just sitting down talking about certain topics and finding and the right people finding uh your podcast and creating your sense of community it's about it you know so it's just it's just yeah and i think podcasting is one of the most for me it's one of the most enjoyable things from you know in my opinion um when you look at social media, I would rather sit and watch a podcast than scroll through Twitter, you know, trying to find a thread or like following a thread on some political issue, you yeah. know, um, not that that's not interesting sometimes to go on Twitter and see what people are saying, but I find myself sitting, you know, and having no problem watching an hour and a half podcast, you know, if it's between two or three or four people that, have really interesting lives. And one of the biggest um, podcasts that comes to mind is Jocko Willink's podcast. I mean, I could literally watch those all day, you know, and he's put out so many of them that it's almost insane. The amount of stories, you know, the amount of combined years of experience of these people that he's talked to that you can you know, you can just listen to and let it all soak in. So yeah, yeah. Podcasting is, it's, it, it's not easy. I wouldn't say because there's definitely editing that's involved and you have to, you know, the bigger podcasts, you know, they have to coordinate with people to bring them on and all yeah. that scheduling, all that. So definitely it's, it, it's, it's a lot of work, but you know, it is, it is pretty easy to sit in front of a camera and just talk, you know, just talk about whatever. And for me, I think that's one of the most interesting things about podcasts because you don't always know what you're getting. Whereas a lot of YouTube videos, they'll try to, it'll either be clickbait where it's not exact, it's not what you want, but it's a disappointment Mm -hmm. or you watch a video and it's like, oh, well, I guess that's what I was expecting anyways. That's why I clicked on the video you know, and that's that. But I found with a lot of podcasts that, you know, the title of the podcast will just be, you know, speaking with so-and-so. And you might know a little bit about the other person, but you have no idea a lot of the time what they're going to talk about and where the conversation goes. So that's yeah. what keeps me, you know, that's what allows me to sit there for an hour and a half and just think like, oh, what's he going to say next? What does he think about this? I hope they bring up that. So yeah, I think that's something about podcasts that's just really unique in the social media sphere. Yeah, definitely. And and like in the last two years, two, two, three years, podcasting has become so huge. And and I feel like you five years ago, if you explained to somebody, yeah, I, I do a podcast, everyone would be kind of like, oh, okay, so like, are you on radio? Or like, yeah. like everyone had the basic podcast app on their phones if you have an iPhone, right? Everyone Nobody. had it. Not but a nobody, lot of people used it. Nobody really used it, right? And and I'd never really used it until about the fall of 2017. Um, I was in a Facebook group and they posted something about a podcast and they're like, it's the funniest thing I've ever listened to. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I got I got like four hours to kill. I, it was like in the evening. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Pick it up, yeah. listen to it. 
started following them. And, and I feel like the, from honestly, what I think the two biggest podcasts are that absolutely changed the podcasting realm was the Joe Rogan experience mm-hmm. and the drinking bros podcast. Those mm-hmm. I think ha- were the two biggest podcasts that absolutely changed the game of podcasting for the rest, rest of the world or rest of the rest of the content world where that is now podcasting is becoming more of a standard content creation area. Kind of like how two, two, three years ago, uh, YouTube was becoming a very culturally normal thing for people to be like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. Right. But you know, if you look back in early 2000, in the early 2010s, for somebody to say, yeah, I'm a YouTuber, I'm a vlogger. There was so much negative connotation towards it where people were like, really? Like, you're going to live your life like that. You're going to make, you're going to make a living off that same thing two or three years ago when people were like, yeah, I'm a full-time podcaster. They're like, you make a living off that. Like there's no way now it's, it's absolutely feasibly possible for people to make a living off of podcasting. And it's great. It's a great source of content um, creation and, and a great creative medium for people. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy to see, it uh, developed now, especially as we're growing up in this, you know, sure. We're, we're adults in the, in the eyes of the government, but we're still growing up. We're still trying to figure stuff out. You know, um, I'm just interested to see once I'm in my thirties and forties, what the next big um, content creation is going to be. And honestly, I'll say this right now. I honestly think it's Twitch. I think Twitch will become the next biggest source of content creation right now people get on twitch and, and people watch people on twitch you know the gaming um streaming service but i think two or three years from now you'll start finding more and more people who are like yeah i'm a twitcher you know and, and it's going to be normal yeah. for people to be like oh that's cool like that you you you're a twitcher like that and it's not just for video games like ronnie radke the a lead singer of a band he streams on twitch all the time and it's and it's a mixture of uh, video games, a mixture of him reacting to people reacting to his music, just like that's yeah. his streaming service. And he's created his brand on, yeah. Twitch, on the streaming service. So yeah. I, I, I could safely say that I think Twitch is the next big one. Well, you got, you got an idea, Ron? I think I'm going to disagree with that because, look, the thing that helped explode Twitch minus, you know, because think about it, one of the things that helped – blow twitch up is one i believe it's now amazon who owns them if i'm if i if i'm correct they bought it out for i don't know how much some probably multi mega million deal whatever yeah jeff bezos and his freaking billion dollars or some shit like that billion he's got like 86 get get the fuck get fucked you know like smart man great businessman but get fucked no i think is he that twitch is not sustainable in itself that it's losing talent in any way because we all know who was the biggest Twitch star ninja. The man exploded uh, two years ago streaming with Travis Scott, Drake, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. The world, I think the they set a record count, 585,000 people at the same time watching those four guys go at it online just playing Fortnite. Like per, per... – Like live all at the same time. Oh, wow. Because I, I remember watching it. Yeah, I what's gonna I determine wasn't Twitch yet, what's so. gonna stop that is Ninja has already left Twitch because 
Microsoft, of course, sees the writing on the wall. It's like, all right, our turn. They started Mixer. I, nobody knows the true sum total, but I think they said they signed a ninja to a total of a seven-figure deal or eight-figure deal to go stream for them. Yeah. You can look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pulling it up right now. But, but keep, go, ahead, go ahead and keep talking. Another major thing about Twitch is that it gained, like I guess in the earlier times when it wasn't just individual careers, it streamed esports. Like League of Legends esports, Overwatch, Rainbow Six, everything relied on Twitch. They're now pulling away from stuff. Like I saw it on Twitter today. For those of you who don't know racing, there's one that's just long distance endurance. The greatest signature event of it is the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which usually takes place on the road course circuit in France. Yeah. Well, today, because, of course, Corona, you can't have all those teams there in so many different classes. Instead, these teams got their drivers to do it virtually over on ESPN2 for the entire 24 hours. They're actually doing it right now as we speak. Huh. Yeah. Probably was... an hour 15 or something. Yeah, so going back to what, what... – Ryan was saying about Ninja's uh, contract. Um, the report from Business Insider and Gaming Daily Biz is the source I'm reading right now. Um, uh, the, micro- the Microsoft deal costs somewhere between 20 and $30 million. And it doesn't say how long the contract is. That's just the total sum in which the contract is. So I'm, I'm assuming it could be a two-year contract. Is what I would think. Two or three. No, I imagine it's longer. Well, I mean, again, the the article that I'm reading really doesn't go into depth about this. Um, talking, it's just talking about you know how he became big and stuff. And, well, and it, we're not going to the details because it is a private contract. It, it is. Well, uh, I mean, when it comes to the the years in which uh, how long a contract is, that's that's publicly known. So because that's how companies figure yeah. out how to pick guys up. But yeah, the article doesn't say how long. I mean, I I think. If anything, it's a three to five year contract with that money that they're putting into him. Well, because Microsoft's trying to catch up. But what I think is going to pull it away and cause Twitch to fail is they relied a lot on esports for major viewership. Yeah. Well, for one, ESPN and stuff like YouTube gaming, Twitch no longer can show the first. Because if you don't understand esports, you know, competitive video games, they're trying to legitimize themselves as like true sports. And this year's probably another build on. If you don't know what the Overwatch League is, it's popped up on ESPN from time to time. Yeah. And now they're stationed in cities. Like, off the top of my head, you have the Los Angeles Gladiators, the Boston Uprising. They're stationed in their cities yeah. with, like, little respective home stadiums for fans and stuff. Well, dude, I mean, if you look at the Army, they have an Army esports right. team. And one of the guys who's on the esports team is Green Beret. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. And he – I follow him on Twitch. So – um, that, that again, going back to like what I said, the all the army guys who are on the army esports team they all twitch. So that's I, I see where you're coming from with that. But beforehand, after hearing that, I'm definitely putting all that into like consideration. But beforehand, that's why I was saying that I would pet my money on Twitch would be like the next big thing because pretty much every single big name in the army esports team is um uh is on the Twitch server. Right now, by the way, on a side note, anybody listening, go talk to your local army recruiter. It's my little two cents. Yes. Just see if you're qualified. You don't have to sign up. Just see if you're qualified. I think it's just going to pull away when you have so much competition because Mixer is the first big one, but there's other ones trying to figure out other ways or they're pulling these content creators from Twitch to do other things. 
like I know my little brother, Disney has a program with their channels late at night on like weekdays or whatever. They pulled content creators who would usually stream or YouTube stuff. And they're saying, why don't you come put your gameplay on Disney Channel or something? Late night Disney. Wait, that's really happening? No, no, no. I'm shooting. This is, I'm shooting. This has been a thing for like a year or two. Like one thing I can think of, my little brother, he watched Jacksepticeye, big name YouTuber. Well, congratulations. He's now on Disney Channel streaming it to kids instead. What? Dude, I remember waiting. I'm not, I'm not shooting with you. Oh my god, dude! I remember waiting up until like ten o'clock for like an old school Disney Channel original movie when I was growing up. Like I remember, I remember staying up trying to watch like Johnny Tsunami, like at ten o'clock, dude. Now they're having YouTubers on Disney. No, no, no let me pull up the program, dude. That's crazy, bro. Braden, what's your take on all this, man? Because you're nothing into the video game era. Like, what, what's your take? On this? I mean, yeah, I'm. I wouldn't call myself a big gamer, but I did get GTA. I did get it a week before it went free, so. Oh. A- well, okay, but that was on PC, though. We don't own PCs. He's an oh, Xbox it's on PC. Yeah, sure. Xbox yeah I'm an Xbox. Guys. Yeah. You mm. convinced me to buy it. Anyway, I mean, I'm I'm pretty notorious for sticking to two games right yeah. now. FIFA. I've bought every FIFA since FIFA 09. I'm not. I'm proud of it. I'm not. I'm not one of these people that, you know, one of these kids like Ryan that always says, oh, FIFA puts out the same game every year. But I don't think that's true. I think they it <laughs> every year. Anyway, that's, that, was a little, that was a little side tangent. But going back to, you know, video just games. Just attacked you. I, I know he just attacked me. But I'm saying this. And any person out here who plays sports games knows what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> no. you know damn well you're paying for a goddamn roster update especially if it's like madden or something because you better believe everybody's going to want to play as joe burrow and the cincinnati Bengals or trade them to their team for their dynasty you, look 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 damn, you're paying for many things when just to go off the rails a little bit here because this needs to be stated <laughs> i've heard this argument too many times that fifa just puts out the same I'm gonna grab another beer while we wait you're gonna need right. one if you're listening to us go at it anyways you know, you're paying for uh, new uniforms. You're paying for sometimes even new stadiums being added to the game. You're at your, you know, you are paying for those roster updates and I don't mind paying for those roster updates. Um, you, you know, new game modes. Um, you know, the recent, the few recent FIFAs have just introduced, um, you know, the world cup editions, the, uh, the champions league editions. So Anybody that tells me that, you know, you're just you're just paying for the same game, don't believe him. Buy the new FIFA. Just buy it. No, he wasn't showing me anything about FIFA. It was about the Jacksepticeye thing. Well, yeah, oh, the yeah, YouTubers yeah. go on Disney Channel now to play their games. Anyways, though, I did want to say this. I'm going to have to agree with Carson on this one because, you see, the thing that I see Twitch, you know, the, the reason that I would see Twitch kind of blowing up is because when you look at gaming as a whole, just very generally speaking, gaming has become not only popular, it, it's, it's not only more popular, it's become more accepted. Because w- when you think about it, like, you know, when I was probably, I'd say like elementary school, like fourth, fifth grade, Gaming wasn't necessarily a popular thing to do. 
it, you know, at least where I was from. I mean, like, sure, a lot of people played video games, but not a lot of people talked about it all the time. You know, when you went on YouTube, there weren't too many people streaming it. And it just wasn't like the cool thing to do. You know what I mean? It was the Wait. cool thing to do is to play sports. I'm going to stop right. you right there. Uh, I find that to be a load of bullshit because you know damn well oh. everybody had some game at whatever school it was. There's one game, it varied by school or whatever. You had kids who would trash talk about knowing some kind of bullshit secret nobody else knew because the internet wasn't as good back then. Yeah. Well, I mean, not as much as it is now, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, no. Even more now, now. Now. So, but you better believe back then you were arguing with the kid across from you at the damn lunch table about <laughs> some secret spot that didn't exist. Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I'll agree with Braden and I'll agree with both. Both of you, I agree with. Because, hear me out. When I was in middle school, for, for you to say you played video games, you were looked at weird you were looked at you were looked at as the kid who like you were almost as weird as a kid oh like you're a nerd i watch anime like that's what you were you were you were a nerd and for me in middle school but then when i got to high school um i just got started getting busy with schoolwork and then i was playing sports all the time so for me it's like i i didn't play video games not because it wasn't cool it's just i legitimately didn't have any time but at the same time, though, when I would play video games, like any chance I would get, and, you know, several of my friends on my team, we would play some of the same games. And again, yeah, I would go back to that conversation where we would argue about, you know, secret hacks in the game or secret tricks or, or blah, blah, blah. I mean, you name it, we, we would argue about it. But I, again, today, though, it is more socially acceptable for a, for somebody who is, you know, lumped into either the athletic guy or the or the popular guy or lumped into some sort of social norm and, and societal clique that that has been created over years in high school for one of them to say something about a video game it's it way more normalized for them to be like oh yeah yeah than if they said it when i was in middle school now there's only a two-year difference between between us but that's a big two years of of development in society and when you actually look at it you know so i i have to say i agree with both of you at this on this topic you know yeah i mean if you just look at social media now i mean every time you go on youtube you're gonna you're gonna find stream gaming streamers and it's not only you know it's not only on youtube you see twitch is a perfect example yeah Back to the Twitch example. What did I say? What did I say? I'm telling you, there's other competitors coming out. You don't see it coming. It's going to be a war. Okay, okay, okay. What, so give me a reason why somebody would switch over to Mixer. Uh, for one, did you see that Ninja deal? 20 to 30 million? Okay, okay but again, though. Uh, that's top tier talent. That's top tier talent in the sense of he created, he, nor- I think in, in today, now I'm, I am I am a little bit detached away from the from gaming and stuff like that. I'm only getting back into it now because I'm in I'm back in college now and most of the people who I hang out with play Apex and Fortnite. So I'm like, okay, I watch it. I drink beer and watch it, but I don't I don't play it. So I'm now starting to understand it. But I think Ninja, when he became such a big thing, kind of normalized the whole streaming and gaming. Now, yeah. now, I know somebody's going to be like, oh, I can't believe you said that. It's not true. It's blah, 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 blah. Got it, dude. But I'm an 
I'm the average person who isn't in the gaming community or in the gaming streaming community. I'm in the content creation community. So when gaming content creation comes up in topic or in conversation with me and other content creators I know, then we take notice of it and we start understanding it. And the most common name that kept popping up is Ninja in Twitch. It was normalized through that, you know? I don't doubt that there's going to be a war in the future, like how there was a war um, with, uh, you know, Facebook trying to, t- trying to take over Instagram, you know? People were afraid about that, at least in the content creation world. Most people just really didn't give a fuck. So, go ahead, Brayden. Sorry, sorry to cut you off on that, man. No, no, that's all good. I mean, yeah, that's basically the point I was getting at. I mean, like you look at even on PC's campus right now, um, I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Um, if you look at PC's campus right now, they, within the last year, they literally put in an eSports lounge. Hold on. In be, be, be specific, Providence. Specific, thank uh, you. Providence College. That's you're where... You're talking about gaming things, so people are going to think you're talking oh, about right, 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 right. PC, like right, the right. computer. That thing right. has three different meanings and acronyms. I know it does. Right. So, so Ryan, yes. so the college that Ryan and I go to, Providence College in Rhode Island, they literally just put in an esports lounge in the biggest, not the biggest building, but the central building on campus. That's it, no lounge. Like, That's a straight gaming room, like nice right. ass. Wait, which which setup. um, Slavin. They they put a gaming center in Slavin. Oh yeah, yes. well, you know where McPhil's is, our bar. Yeah. It's right across the hall. You see that? You know that little hall. That oh wait, is it is it side? is it next to that radio place? It's a, okay. No, no. Okay. Oh, oh, it's, it's on the side of. You go down the stairs. There's the Duncan. Yeah. You go straight. There's like the TV thing, then the radio thing. Yeah. And you know that small hallway. Oh, nobody, I know where you're talking about. You know about. that small hallway nobody ever goes down. Yeah. To the right of it. That's our gaming thing. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just think about that. Like on a college campus, in the biggest student lounge area in the center of campus, they put a designated esports lounge. And if if that doesn't show you that how normalized gaming has become, you know, I don't know I don't know what what's well, about I don't think it normalized gaming. It normalized competitive gaming because I still don't know where the hell you two well, grew up. No, it's- I grew up middle school Junior high, high school, everybody and their mother for middle school and high junior high was playing goddamn Call of Duty. Hold on. Okay, but okay, but you we weren't watching. You you weren't watching TikToks of of gamers standing behind their dual monitors with their rainbow keyboards and thinking that's cool. No, right? I, the I, kids I, with I, dual monitors and rainbow keyboards were the nerds. I have to agree Not with anymore. on that. Not anymore. Now you're cool. You know, so. Now, and now it's a status symbol. It's like, oh, you don't have a a dual monitor, you know, get a dual monitor and a rainbow keyboard, you know, but yeah, definitely now if if you don't have that as like the standard, then yeah, you are looked at as weird, and you're like, "Come on, get with the program what no, that's being elitist, what well, at least in the gamer community, that's what I've used to people not being elitist at least in that terms of the word. If you got a thing that can work. By all means, play on it. Okay, and again, but we're talking about like right. the the gaming community that that me and Braden are talking about now are apparently two different communities. Then, 
because I'm because that normalized of having the dual monitors and, and the cool colored keyboards now is is a very normal thing for most people to have. But apparently, I, I think we're disconnecting then on what we're talking about in the gaming community then, because I'm talking about like when you the main Twitchers. Oh, fuck, my phone's. Dead. Are you are you referring to like you know our top tier guys? They always have the nicest equipment. No, no. So so like basically what I'm saying is when you go on when you go on TikTok, you know when you go on Instagram when you go on these social media pages, it's, you're going to see more creators with more followers that their personality, not their, their internet personality is being a quote gamer. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's a personality trait. And even like you look at TikToks, not that there are really a lot of gaming TikToks because you can't, you know, that's kind of a hard thing, but just the culture of gaming even seeps into TikToks. Like you see people, you know, with their dual monitors and it's a cool thing. And it, it, it's something people talk about more so than what? I'm going to stop you again. Cause I don't, I'm going like, to keep it real with you, chief. I'm going to keep it real with you. Like gaming TikToks are a hell of a lot bigger than you think. They just don't pop up in your damn feed. I know mine pop up on my damn feed. There are people who constantly, because there's YouTube channels I follow gaming-wise, who have their TikToks. They plug, they plug sneak peeks of their videos onto those TikToks, and they're getting millions and thousands of views. They're not... Sure. I think an example you think of, for people who know like if those VR YouTubers, you know them. Moly and the narrator. Oh, yeah. That entire yeah. crew. <laughs> Some of them have more followers on TikTok than they do on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, juicy do the thing we want the clout that's my favorite <laughs> shit um, that's, I mean, that, that's proving that's proving my point that gaming has become so big in our culture you know that everybody you you walk down the street and you say and you say to somebody no no don't touch me there and then they're gonna say <laughs> they're gonna say i was doing the dance say, dude <laughs> We want the cloud. I wish you could see this, but but yeah, people are gonna say people are gonna say this is my no no square, and, and you know what that's from? It's from a game. It's not so, different from anything. That's not from a game. It was these guys. It's not really even from a game. It's a guys who had a creative idea, and they're like, "This is funny. Let's do it." It's from a video game, though. Do and, and that, do it, that do moment it, wouldn't it, have I don't happened. even think it's from the video. It's the creative minds of those creators. We want the cloud. Through a video game, what I'm saying is gaming has become a culture. Okay, you know, you know, I think we can all agree to disagree on certain aspects of the content creation in the gaming community today. Well, that's clearly where we're going with this. None of us agree. Shifting gears here, let's get into a topic that I know we all agree on majority of things on, which is fitness, bruh. There's a lot of stuff that from three different directions of three different minds of fitness and, and nutrition and stuff, we definitely agree on a lot of things, right? Pre- pre-workout now. Ryan, Ryan is absolutely disdained a pre-workout now because the pre-workout I take, he does not like. I felt as if, I don't even know. Give me the goddamn cold sweats in the middle of our workout. Dude, that's not even like the, the pre-workout I take is, is mellow and, and pretty <laughs> pretty good for performance in most sports compared to some of the stuff that you can take. I will put what kind, what guys. kind is it? it what kind it's, of it? It's, um, uh, it's beyond raw, right? Okay. 
right? And they sell it on base. It is an approved, it is an approved supplement that service members can take, right? I buy all of my supplements on base, right? Because all the stuff that they sell will hope. Okay. I'd say 99% of the stuff they sell on the base with the exception of like those fat burner pills and which are yeah. fucking Bullshit. stupid, stupid. And yeah. like uh, miracle cures. Yeah. Stuff like that. But 99% of the stuff, the supplements and, and uh, that they sell on base are all safe for, for service members to take. Um, there's no sort, there's no supplement, there's no ingredient in the supplement that is directly dangerous to their health by that meaning they're not going to take some sort of supplement and it's going to pop positive on the drug test that's that's mainly what the supplements that they're selling on base is now again you know some of the supplements that they have on base you know you look at you're like wow that's stupid like they have all those stupid fat burning pills or or fast enhancing fat burner or whatever the pre-workout I take, I started with C4 when I was in high school, like every other stupid high schooler does. Yeah, I've taken C4. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, said, it's a stupid little, high schooler. So much. It, it is, it can be much sometimes. And it's, it's the amount of beta alanine they have in it, which that's the shit that makes your yeah. body itch and your face itch. Sometimes you feel it in your nuts, but um, <laughs> sometimes. So I take, I take Beyond Raw. And, um, it's it's a it's a pretty stemmy um pre-workout that i i enjoy i've been taking it now probably not every workout but i most of my really grueling like lift sessions i've been taking it and sometimes i'll take it before pt you know and, and it gets the job done um get a little bit of stem get a little bit of itch no i'm ready to go well, poor ryan when we worked out yesterday i was like here i got some pre-workout go ahead and take it and he took it. It, my guy was scratching his arm, looking like a crack addict. Wait, between sets. Weak. I just don't think that's the right way to fuel the body. Weak. Weak. You, so you don't even take pre-workout usually. Yes, he does. Exactly. He downs bangs before PT. That's not the same thing. It's only, absolutely the same thing. Bang only during the school year. What? No, I did that and I was fine. The bang is considered a pre-workout. It just doesn't have beta alanine in it. Well, that I will never forget. Now story. that you bring that up, I'll never forget. Do you remember? Do you remember? So we didn't do a lot of rucks for PT last last year, but if you guys remember the ruck we did on PC's campus, where it was pretty much we were all together for most of it, but then at the end they released. Oh and, yeah, yeah. So wait, wait, wait. People is this spring got, or fall semester? No, this is fall because people started getting ran over. Oh no, no, no! I was it was sick spring. for that. Was I wasn't there for that. It was spring. It was spring. Yeah. No, well, no, I was there for the spring one. I was sick for no, the spring one was home station. No, hold on. No, 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 no. Because I don't remember. No, no, no. It. We did we did we did do two in the spring. We did yes. one before spring break and one right after Christmas break. Yeah. I remember was, I yeah, think okay, it was yeah. the one right after Christmas break, but that night I had two hours of sleep. Two hours, and I got up and I drank an entire bang and I was out in front the entire time and I felt like a god. For, yes. for like an hour. I just, I didn't stop. I ran. Well, well dude, can, that stuff after, is amazing. Dude, after you downed that, because you downed that, you were finishing it right before PT started. Right. And we started rucking. And then, you know, like he said, they released us. And I remember that because I'm next to him. And, you know, halfway through, they're like, okay, we're about to release all of you to, to finish off. 
And I looked at, I looked at, I looked at you, Braden, and I said, so what's the plan? And you just looked at me and you had this fire in your eye and you said, I'm going. And I said, what do you mean I'm going? And next thing you know, you were gone. And I did it's not the bang. see you for about the bang. seconds later. I'm telling you, it's the bang. Bang, bang is considered a pre-workout. It just doesn't have the beta alanine that makes you itch. That explains why it's making me fucking itch then. I just said it. I know. I know you did. Just said. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, I get like ten hours of sleep, so I'm chilling. You get ten hours of sleep anything. because you've been able to work out as much because you didn't listen to my advice for gradual buildup for running. Oof. The, you just you just unpacked a lot there for for the for the listeners. That's... So, for reference for the listeners, Braden is a dumbass. Did not follow the runner's advice on how to properly prepare his body for running. And he paid the consequences of having uh, severe right. foot injuries for wow. the past two months. All right. So, so, so if you want to, if you want a very ah, small, if you want a very short, quick explanation of what he's talking about, here it is. So, so, you know, we do a competition called Iron Patriot in the spring semester. And it's, it's where you take every services, you know, excluding the Coast Guard, um, every services PT <laughs> test. What's the Coast Guard? Yeah. Wow, that was bad. That was that was mean. Respect all you Coast Guard out there. We but, love you, um, but you know the joke. Anyways, um, you know, so we did the Air Force, um, Army, Marine Corps, uh, Navy PT test, and then the fifth day, we did a modified Murph. So, so a lot of run, not not a high mileage of running for the week, uh, but it was all intense running because it was all timed, you know, PT events. So. By the end of the week, we we ran about 12 miles during that week. So, you know, my, as far as mileage goes, not too intense at all. But that next week, we went home for spring break. And I was feeling great because, you know, I was in really good shape. I just finished that week. And I was like, you know what? I really like running. I haven't had a lot of time to run, you know, between going to PT and, and, and going to college. So I'm going to take this week. And I'm just gonna run. Yeah, midterms also like, kicked our asses. Midterms were yeah, midterms were rough. So and, and I got home and I was like, I was like, I can just relax. I can run. And yeah, so I read all this stuff about you know increasing your mileage by no more than ten percent each week. And I was like, that's just that's just weak. Like you mean to tell me that I can only do thirteen miles or thirteen or fourteen miles next week because I just did twelve that week? I was like not me, you know. So so I ran I ran 24 miles in the next 5 days. And for a lot of people out there that's nothing. But for me, my perennial tendonitis, my perennial tendons on the outside of my feet didn't like it. And one day I was just on a run and I finished my run and I was like, "Oh, what a great run." And I walked into my house and I took one step and I was like, "Something's wrong." And my foot, I mean, ever since it's been, it's been March. Um, I'm trying to think of how many months. It's been at least four, five, five months now that I have had pain in my perennial tendons, and it's still a problem. So for all you runners, aspiring runners out there, do not increase your mileage by that by that much and in that shorter time so morrison and ryan are making faces at me now so would you guys like to explain 
I do not <laughs> want to talk about what I just witnessed in this garage. I'm okay. with him. I'm, I'm basically fucking with him because I knew he would look at the camera. And, uh, well, he's horrified. Let's, let's move on from that. Would you like to share with the class? Not, <laughs> not at no, all. Not on camera. There is no socks on right now. I will not want to address oh. what I just witnessed. Well, I mean, it is Pride Month. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We had this conversation yesterday where it says, you know, as the saying goes, it's not gay if you have your socks on and as long as you say no homo. Well, sure. he was talking about some very, very, very gay moments, and which I was absolutely cool with. You kiss the homies goodnight. There's no problem with that. Of course. But then he's like, oh, I don't got socks on. And he's like, oh, wait, uh, never mind. It's Pride Month. And I was like, wow. I absolutely uh, agree with you on that. I, I cannot disagree with you on that. I mean, I it's, know, it's, it's okay to kiss the homies goodnight, you know? Exactly. For sure. Oh, did you guys hear SpongeBob is gay now? Make sure they're all good. Yeah. What'd you say, Brady? By the way, did you guys hear SpongeBob is now gay? Officially? Okay, wait. I thought Steven Hilberg said he was According to Nickelodeon. I'm really not sure what to believe anymore. Well, I mean, I, I, I think he, he actually said he was pansexual. Actually, wait. Okay, I want to come from But then, pan, the but pansexual people is like they they love whatever. Like a pansexual right. person lo- loves a guy, they love a guy. If they love a girl, they love a girl. If they love a toaster, they love a toaster. If they love sure. lamp, they're 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 uh they're Rick Rick Tamlin from uh you, you know Channel Two News. Okay. Uh, but, uh, oh, yeah. this is all the way from two thousand five. Dang. Oh yeah, Steven Spielberg in an interview in two thousand five. I'm gonna Hillenberg. go off what the creator says and not the corporate company that owns the rights, since of course Steven Hillenberg is now no longer with us. All right. Rest in peace. That, man. We're building a large foundation of a lot of our childhoods. Pour one out for the homie. God bless so, the soul. A little interesting. Apparently there was a controversy back in 2005-2004 about how hand-holding pals Spongebob are not frontmen for the gay agenda, or however you want to call it back then, because 2005 is, was a different time. <laughs> but Hilberg straight up said when talking to Reuters, where the Spongebob Squarepants movie premiere was in Singapore, Said he's like, we never intended to be gay. I consider them to be almost asexual. He's like, we're just trying to be funny, and this has got nothing to do with the show. So essentially, the man said SpongeBob is asexual. Fruer, which of you, if you do know what asexual means, they're just not really attracted to anyone, period. Right. Now things have changed. Times have changed. Well, I love beer. That's every good man out there. Except for Braden. Yeah. Still good man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, man. I'm. I'm. You know, going back to talking about running, I'm. I'm starting to feel a little bit of effects of that now. Um, and and I think it's. I think I need new shoes, honestly, because I've. I've had these. It's over here. It's time for a Yeah, I've. I've had. Gotta replace I've had your running shoes. No, I've. I've had them. I'll, in September, it'll be a year. But I've run. I think I've put about three hundred miles on those shoes. That's when they usually start to die. Yeah. Flat out. Yeah. But the traction and the outside look great the inside i guess is just destroyed so like like i was running three miles right the other day mm-hmm. a normal three miles and i was on track to, to run a nice nice easy sub 24 wasn't mm-hmm. i wasn't trying to get you know that was not a timed run it was just a complete yeah. run so right. it was just a matter of running the distance right but i still want to set some times for myself you know 
to for yeah. a threshold to push myself. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to go for a nice sub 24. Yep. Right? That'd be what? About a 730 mile per mile pace? Se- seven, 730 and under? Uh, wait, for what? A sub 24. Eight. Sub 24 uh, it'd be, it'd be about a eight minute pace. Yeah, so it'd be about a 730 pace. If you were doing it easy, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get a sub 24, yeah. three mile, right? I get to about two and a half miles and I just, I had to stop because my, my, feet my my legs like my shins were absolutely like just in pain not not the normal running pain like these were like oh my gosh like it's as if i've never i've never stretched or ran anything further than than two and a half miles before so i stop obviously and i I stretch my legs out real quick because i just thought that's what i needed maybe i didn't drink enough water i didn't stretch well enough beforehand or or warm up well enough then i kept then I, I think I took like 30 seconds, took a quick stretch, took a couple breaths, looked around and then went. But then when I started onto that, that last half mile, by that last, like, you know, 10th of a mile, you know, when your foot falls asleep mm-hmm. and it starts waking up, but you can feel the bones, mm-hmm. you know, like the actual bones. I felt like I felt my bones pressing onto the bottom of my feet through the shoe as I was running. Like I, I could feel it like it's as if there wasn't any blood in it mm. so and i've been i've been having that problem since then that was on tuesday mm. and as i've been running throughout the week you know this week i'm running two three five nine eleven miles this week right mm-hmm. 11 miles was my goal for the week um and all of them all the mileage was all just for distance not time Um, but it just seems like that this entire week, every time I ran, it was just, I kept having that problem. So I I think I came to the conclusion that, that I think I need a new pair of shoes because I haven't changed any, any sort of, uh, um, any sort of warm ups or routines or anything. Cause last, the week prior I was running nine miles. I ran nine miles that week. Easy. No problem. Three, three, three ran three on Monday, three on Wednesday, three on Friday. And I did intervals on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So really I was running a little bit more than nine miles, really, if you had the intervals, mm-hmm. you know, no problem yeah. with them, hadn't had no problem with them. But now it's all of a sudden it's like I, I hit that brick wall and, and my, my legs and my feet are having problems that I've never had before. Yeah. And I haven't changed anything. And I've been continuously, you know, recovering well enough after I run and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's an annoying thing when your body lets you down before your mind does because, you know, back when I first started working out, I just thought that the biggest obstacle that I would have to overcome was, you know, your own mind and pushing yourself more than what you wanted to push. But, yeah. you know, there comes a point where sometimes, you know, the thing that stops you is your body. And that was a shock to me. You know what I mean? Because like that week that I hurt myself, I wasn't worried about, you know, when's my body going to give out. I was worried about, you know, Oh, I'm going to push, I'm going to run two more miles. And I think I can today because, you know, I want to beat my mind, but I was forgetting that that is a healthy attitude to have, but you have to be smarter than that, you know, because the only, you know, you have to watch your body as well as, you know, trying to beat your mind. So yeah. that was, 
that was something I had to learn the hard way. A lot of people do, I feel like, but yeah, it's got to take care of your body. Ice your body, stretch. David Goggins talks a lot about stretching. He spends two hours a day stretching. Yeah, but uh, but you know, again, it's like when when you for recovery, you only really need to recover for the amount of of energy in which that you've exerted, or, or the amount mm-hmm. of work that you put in. So, like for somebody like David Goggins, he is a extreme yeah. guy who right. absolutely destroys his body more than anybody that I've ever seen in the fitness world when it comes yeah. to running and and pushing himself. Yeah. So for him, two hours of recovery is the norm. Yeah. But for somebody like me, um, I honestly, I probably could be a little bit more proactive in my recovery. Now, this weekend's been a bust just because, <laughs> just because Ryan's here and I'm hanging out with him and we're just, you know, boy time. it's boy time, you know, but like through, yeah. even normally throughout my training, especially like this last five weeks, I've been, I've been training very hard twice a day. Uh, I do either as of right now in the morning, I do my running and a post run, I always do some sort of calisthenics of push-ups, sit-ups and pull-ups, like non-negotiable. Then in the evening I lift and and Ryan can attest to, to the lifting sessions that we do in the afternoon. No fucking kidding. They're pretty they're they're pretty they're pretty intense. Like like I'm not just saying that just to sound cool and anything. It's just they, they are. The 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 rep schemes, the sets, uh, the movements and and the time in which I do it, it's 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 a very very fast paced hard intense workout, and yeah. and I do do, um you know. Pre workout movements as a warm up, and then I do take about a good, thirty minutes to forty five minutes in the evening, to completely stretch and everything. Now I can be a little bit more proactive and do recovery. After, like immediately after my workout. But usually when I'm done working out, I take about 30 minutes and then I eat dinner and then then I shower and then I watch a movie before I go to bed usually. Movie, maybe like a couple episodes of a show depending on if I started the movie early enough, you know? But that's usually when I take my time to recover and stretch as well. I'm watching the movie. Could I be a little bit more proactive and um, do post-workout recovery? immediately after I work out possibly um but again it's like at that point at this point though I'm I'm am exerting enough energy and I am working at a at a hard enough um level and threshold where more recovery is beneficial right and, and again it's everything in fitness that you do all has to relate with what you're doing and what the goal is if your goal is for performance then you need to focus not not just on your performance and your workouts right like best example an olympic weightlifter when they work out or olympic weightlifters right that i that's the that's the sport that i more associate myself with is olympic weightlifting over running now it's been flipped because gyms are closed and i can't get my hands on a barbell but for Olympic weightlifting, most people are looking for their performance. By performance, it means lifting the heavier weights. So you have to be very proactive and very focused on your um, pre-workout movements and drills 
your post-workout recovery, and your nutrition. You have to eat for performance, right? Yeah. But then for somebody who's like trying to lose weight, right? Um, you know, that's your goal now. So obviously you need to take a look at how you're working out and what you're eating. Um, but for most people, recovery is not something that they look at, even though it's a very important thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So everything, everything in fitness has to be shaped around your main goal. If you want to gain weight, lose weight, performance, um, work on different things like get better at running, get better at lifting, get better at swimming, get better at fill in the blank. Everything that you do revolving around that has to be something that positively impacts it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we all three have, you know, different different ideas of, uh, of understanding fitness and nutrition as we went through high school. I mean, we all played three dress, drastically different sports. I was a baseball player and a catcher. So recovery was a bigger thing in my world than anything else because, you know, after you catch for three, four hours on a, in a weekend, you know, recovery becomes your most important friend. Oh, and mind you, I just caught for four hours and now I'm going to sit on a bus for 18 hours driving from the northern tip of Sicily or northern tip of Italy back down to the southern tip of Sicily, of Italy onto Sicily, you know? But then somebody for like you, Ryan, like you're a runner. Like what was what was stuff that you did throughout your time in your sport, um, like both in fitness as well as in like in, in uh, nutrition? Fitness, we just run. That was the coach's philosophy. You want to run faster? Go put in the damn miles. I mean, a little bit of core at the end, but, you know, we didn't – we didn't need to work on strength and stuff like that. We didn't need to be big. That's kind of counterintuitive to the point of running, period. Those big guys were not the ones hauling for three miles. Yeah. And then nutrition, moral story is carbo-loading, at least in high school, because she did not have us deal with nutrition. She's like, carbo-load, state championship, senior year. This place, pasta for days. Pasta. Pasta was my that was my best friend. But then you know you go over to you, Braden. You you played soccer at high school. You know what was yeah. So. What what was your whole? I don't know if soccer play. I don't know what soccer players focus on. Like, did you guys focus more on on your your performance on the field specifically through skills, or was it your endurance? And then for recovery, what was some things that you guys focused on? And then same with nutrition. You know. Yeah, we um we had an interesting, you know um. We had a cool setup because I played for a team called the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, they're a professional team, but they have youth academy level um, teams. And I played on one of those teams. And um, on our team, we had a strength and conditioning program attached to our training. So we would we would have our soccer practices um, with our soccer coach specifically, but then a couple times a week we would have strength and conditioning with a certified um, strength and conditioning coach where we would lift, um, you know, we'd lift weights, we'd work on running um, athletic movements, whatever the case may be, whether it's, we would do a lot of weird stuff like jumping and, 
and weird variations of squats and stuff like that, you know, just to increase your athleticism in the sport of soccer specifically. Um, but we did a lot of powerlifting type of things. We did a lot of squats, clean and jerks, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, well, that, that would actually be like more like, yeah, not, not powerlifting, but yeah, functional strength more yeah. so than straight powerlifting, I guess. But yeah, because when you yeah, say we, powerlifting, I think of uh, the, the bench yeah, squat. No. no, no, no. We did a little bit of that stuff, but it, it wasn't the main goal, you know. But um, yeah. So I feel like as a soccer player, I kind of I couldn't really focus on one thing specifically. We were kind of like like a jack of all trades, you know, because our obviously cardiovascular strength and running is very important for us, but we also couldn't be stick figures, you know, we had to be, had to be strong and have functional strength. So instead of focusing, putting all our eggs in one basket, we kind of straddled the line and worked on a little bit of everything. So I think it was great, you know, having like a little bit of a background and everything. So yeah, it was fun. How how's that shaped, uh, shaped your, your, your ideology of, uh, training and recovery and nutrition now that you're uh you're in college and, and you're doing uh ROTC for the army yeah I think that I learned a lot of I learned I learned a lot of things about my body that now it's a good thing that I've learned um especially with running uh, I've learned that I have to be very careful about the things that I put into my body you know if I'm going to run and I learned that early on playing soccer that you know, for me, I have to be really careful not to eat too much before I run, which everybody should. But for me, I've learned a lot of little things about myself, you know, since I have experience with running from playing soccer and, and things like that. So I haven't, we didn't really learn a lot about nutrition. Um, I wish I would have learned more earlier and I'm going to try to learn more, but yeah, I think just having a little bit of experience and everything, we learned a little bit about, you know, how to lift weights. Um, Cause it's not a simple thing. You don't just get a gym membership and say, I'm just going to pull this weight. You know, there's a lot of things that you have to learn about it. So it was nice to be taught by a professional how to more since flexing over there. Yeah. You know, subtle flex, but um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I learned a little bit about everything playing soccer a little bit about weightlifting a little bit about running a little bit about functional strength so yeah that was all good stuff transitioning into ROTC because in ROTC you kind of have to straddle the line as well and you know you have to be a good runner but you also have to be strong you know to pass the army fitness test so yeah it was, it's great to now with the new ACFT coming out yeah for sure I'm just starting to get ready for that now I don't want to be one of those scrawny kids that could do well in the APFT, but then get screwed when they take the ACFT. So, yeah, right now I could be the person. Like right now with the current PT test, you're the type of guy who could walk right into it and max it if you or or get a very very good score on the APFT. Like me, where I'm a thick boy who's really good at running. If you told me tomorrow, hey, you need to do the ACFT, be like, all right, I'm yeah. at least I 
I know comfortably that I'm going to not just only pass, but do very well on it, you know? Yeah. Like in my, in my experience, I haven't been lifting heavy weights for a while. You know, I've been doing more body weight, you know, CrossFit type of stuff. So yeah, that's why I'm starting to get back on my deadlifts and stuff. I'm just a thick oh. boy. Thick boy. Thick. Dude, I'm part of the thick, thick boy run. Two C's. Let me Facebook. Two C's. No, that's not a Facebook group. That's not a Facebook group. No, it's just, say. it's just a, it's just a, a a club that if you're a big guy and you um uh, and you run <laughs> decently, you're part of the thick boy running club. Kind of like uh, kind of like how you're part of the um the deadbeat running club now. Like I like I saw a shirt that said "Deadbeat Running Club" and it was a skeleton running, and I was like, "That is such a great sure. metaphor of how I feel when I run. I want to die." So <laughs> actually, actually, the next uh, the next tattoo I want to get yep. is a uh, a band around my like right above my ankle around that in in bone writing like all the words will be bones, dead man running. That's what I, I. That's what I want my next tattoo to be. Because nice after the sleeve, I mean, or put it on the sleeve. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be my band on my foot, and eventually I'll have a leg sleeve. You better get, get the back. sleeves now, boys. Get your sleeves, sleeves now, now before it goes into regulation. That's a stupid ass reg. Okay, yeah, no shit, it's a stupid ass reg. Doesn't Millie have a fucking sleeve? Or have, doesn't Millie have something that would not be in regulation now? Well, no, it, it, he'd be grandfathered in anyways, but... But I'm saying, when the man who's in charge of the DOD itself... Well, that's actually the Secretary of Defense. He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, so he's in charge of all of the Joint Chiefs who are therefore in charge of their branch, but... Which is comprised in the DOD. Yes, but the man who's in charge of the Department of Defense actually... Well, Mark Esper. Actually, well, if he's actually technically the Secretary of Defense, so therefore meaning he's the Secretary of it, kind of like how you have somebody who's in charge of yes. the Secretary or Secretary of Energy, but really the, the person who's in charge of the military is the Commander-in-Chief. True. Technically speaking. Technically, but... However, the delegations of, of more or less day-to-day policies that is made... They go to General Miller. No, it well it goes to the Secretary of Defense, and then him and and General Milley, being the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, both sit down and talk about policies that they want to see across the DoD um, that not necessarily directly changes stuff, but it but policies that um, that are that are more of umbrella covers the entire DoD, like all the travel restrictions and travel bans and stuff like that. Those are sent out of from the SecDef. Um, and the and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, both of them kind of sit down and, and have conversations about what they want those to be. Now, did you guys see that the travel ban was uh, restricted or lifted? Yeah, and then but but um, you didn't let me finish. Mm-hmm. So the DoD itself and and the um, and the Secretary of Defense can have these you know blanket umbrella. Um, from my understanding, I should say, again, I'm not an expert in anything I'm talking about. This is just from my understanding and my own research that I've done. So don't take this as God, go fucking look it up yourself. Um, that being said, um, the travel, the the travel restrictions that the secretary of defense, therefore the chairman of the joint chiefs staff, like kind of supporting, um, 
the different chief of staffs of each branch, like the chief of staff of the army or the chief of naval operations, um, those are the general guidelines put out, but each branch can still choose to have certain restrictions. It's like the federal government puts out, for, to an example to help understand it, the federal government puts out a law, right? And states follow the federal law. However, they can add more stuff to that, but they cannot lessen what the impact of that law is. For example, if the federal government said that um, the drinking age in America is 18, because technically the, the drinking age is in America is actually state-by-state state basis. It's generally across the board, though, that 21 is the drinking age. Um, but if a state wanted to, right, if the federal government said that the federal drinking age in the United States is 18, if Utah wanted to, they could raise the drinking age to 21 if they wanted to. But they could not lower the drinking age below the age of 18. So it's the same thing in the military. The Secretary of Defense puts out, you know, his directive and his policy. Branches can choose to add more to that policy if they want to. But they cannot take away from what the policy is already put as. It's the baseline. And, and, and that's the way it's been explained to me. And again, don't take it as my word is God. Go fucking look it up yourself. Don't be a lazy piece of shit. I've been <laughs> tonight, so get a little frisky out here. Starting to get a lot angry at people. I a little say. aggressive. Dude, it's just a like aggressive at the listeners. Dude, it's just, you know, my spirit animal at this point in life is Dan Holloway. He's one of the co-hosts of the Drinking Bros podcast. And my God, is he right? Because you have all these people who, again, I want to backtrack a bit and talk about back to what I said earlier about how podcasts are such a great thing for content creation. There's also the second hand where the, they're the most dangerous things as well because somebody can listen to a podcast and they forget that it is the opinions of the people talking and the knowledge of the people who are talking who are not experts unless it is a podcast where it is all about the expertise of certain areas. And those people openly state, I'm an expert in this field, right? Yeah. When you listen to podcasts, you have to take everything with a grain of salt from a different point of view. The problem is you have these people who take podcasts and, and, and information that people put on podcasts as the word of God. And they think that's the end all be all. Same thing of what people post on Facebook. They believe information posted on Facebook is the end all be all of it. And they don't go out and do their own research on the fucking topic that they don't know jack shit about. A quote by Neil deGrasse Tyson is the most dangerous thing in the world right now isn't people who know enough to think that they're right, but they don't know enough to know that they're wrong. And I truly believe that that's what people do in po like taking podcasts. They don't, they know enough to be right because they've been, now been told this information and Everyone on that podcast agrees with it, right? But they don't know enough in that topic to know that they're wrong. So therefore, when they blatantly state things 
and they attack people either in person or on social media, it's because they don't know that they're wrong and they think that what they heard was absolutely true. You see the same thing in politics a lot. I mean, a lot of times people watch one YouTube video or one, one podcast from, you know, not trying to get political at all, but yeah, but, um, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You'll watch a certain podcast from somebody who leans all the way to the right or to the left. And then, you know, they'll be very persuasive. It'll all make sense to you. And you'll be like, yeah, exactly. And then, you'll be in an argument with somebody from the other side and you'll be like, no, but this, this, and this. And then, but they'll say, actually, actually listen, listen to what I have to say about it. Right. Yeah. Well, not even that. It's like somebody in an argument presents it to you and somebody's like, dude, actually that's not true at all. It's actually, it's actually this based on this, that, and that. And they give them like real evidence. Mm-hmm. And now the person who was in the argument looks stupid. Yeah. Not because they are stupid, but because they were fucking idiots and didn't go look at them themselves before they dug this hole that they're in now. And now they're looked at as the idiot because they didn't take the time to look up stuff themselves. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So as much as podcasts are such a great way that go. Wow, this just got a full circle real quick. As much as podcasts are great for for creativity, the problem is people that do consume it who make terrible decisions from it or or they you know they take things out of context in podcasts or in whatever you know most of the time it's podcasts or YouTube videos where they're presenting information and they're not taking it with a grain of salt and deciding to look up more information on that topic themselves, right? Now, if it's one thing, if it's coming from, if somebody who's creating the content which you're consuming is if they're experts in it and they openly say that they're experts in it, right? And they have the, the stuff to back up their expertise, either with experience or with through education or whatever the case may be. They have something that's, that solidifies their expertise in a specific field. Then at that point, you can be like, okay, you can definitively stay and state to other people, this is the information I've been presented. This is what is related to it. Oh, and here are the people who presented to it and here are their qualifications and their evidence backed, right? And then even then, sometimes there can be conflicting information but it's either an op-ed or an editorial right or whatever the case may be very rarely now do you see people who are experts in fields um present information that's wrong unless something is disproven or something changes in the information in which they're presenting right yeah but most people are taking every podcast as that and everybody who has a voice they think that they're experts in it they're taking it as the word of god and they're not doing their own research and 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 i feel like that's what is causing 90 percent of any argument today not even the political spectrum in every argument in the fitness industry in the um arts industry in in the writing industry in the reading and understanding and um 
you know, literature industry, uh, movie industries in general, man. I'm big into movies. I'm a big movie buff. I follow a lot of different movie pages or movie YouTube channels that talk about movies and analyze them, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that the information that they present on those videos is the end-all, be-all answer. Yeah. And people, oh, do people tack each other in those comments. Yeah, I mean, when you look at movie reviews, especially, I, I don't understand the people that they'll watch a video, say it's, say it's a review on the Joker movie, mm-hmm. and say the guy gives it a crappy review. I will see so many people commenting on that video saying, why didn't you like it? No, you should have liked it for this, this, and this. It was a perfect movie, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's awesome. Like, you can have your own opinion, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a lot of things. Like, you know, not only should you not take everything that people have to say as 100% true all the time, and, and like you said, the word of God, but you should also take it as that's their opinion, you know? Yeah. And just because someone has a different opinion than, than you doesn't mean that they're automatically wrong. If they are wrong, you know, you should call them out if you want to. But I see a lot of people that they get angry just because somebody doesn't see eye to eye with them. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be on a major issue. You know what I mean? It's not a life or death thing. You're talking about a movie or a video game or, or a certain workout regimen or whatever. But I see that happening a lot that people identify with things so, so heavy to the point where they get angry just because people don't agree with them. Yeah. You know, it's just, you learn that you can't make everyone happy and, and the best thing for everyone to do is just kind of, uh, kind of understand that take everything with a grain of salt, you know? Yeah. Everything to take away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think, I think we should end there on that one. I mm-hmm. think, I think anything more is just going to be me ranting, ranting. Yeah. And I'm definitely starting to see through things, you know, I think oh. we really brought a full circle. Yeah, definitely big full circle. You know, you understood that Braden, it went right over his head. <laughs> My brain did a while ago. Yeah, if you notice pretty, I've been silent for a bit. Yeah. Ryan's been quiet. He's we've been, we've going to sleep. Dude, we've been out here drinking since like four. So, and it's a late. perspective. It is, uh, it's, it's midnight. Midnight. It's 1230. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's zero dark 30 right now. Accurate. You know, just kind of put it in perspective. My so, brain I mean, shuts off after certain time periods. Like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> no thinking about shit. Go watch dumb shit on the internet now. Yeah. And once we're done with this, I know you're going to be sitting on TikTok for an hour at least. Oh, guarantee you. I'm going to be watching TikToks or stupid YouTube shit. While and I'll be watching Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. That, <laughs> well, so we're not even going to get into this argument right now. Right. I, Damn it, arguments! We'll, we'll leave it as a cliffhanger. We'll leave it as a cliffhanger. We'll start the next podcast. So episode two is going to start with Grey's Anatomy argument. Who knows, man? That's oh, a that that'll that'll be next. Uh, I know, I know what argument we're going to have, and I'm excited. All right. Well, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Addison, I don't know. All the way going. It's all good. You know, we'll find out next week. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to a dumpster fire of an episode. Um, uh, better than the last time we tried this. Still a dumpster fire. Um, That's this, the fun this was it. episode. 1.5 of the Donuts Dude podcast. Appreciate everything. Uh, 
that you guys have done. Um, you know, all the listeners, this is our first episode. I don't know why I'm thanking you because we have none right now. <laughs> they don't exist yet. They don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as, as we develop, you know, th- th- we're starting this project fresh. And honestly, none of us have any sort of expertise or understanding in, in the podcast realm. It's just, it's a very easy way to create content. And, um, you know, we're trying our best. And, uh, you know, as, as we develop as podcasters and, and evolve, um, anything you guys, you know, want us to talk about, want to, want to hear from us, um, you know, just let us know, but, um, you know, ask us questions. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, from my other co-host and I, uh, appreciate everything you, you guys coming here and listening and, uh, catch you guys in the next episode. Till then. Peace. Yeah.